Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Pastor Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Community Christian Church, and I got with me Pastor Therese, morning. co-founder of Community Christian Church. <laughs> Happens to be my mom. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Thank you. Thank also you. Also to my grandma. Happy Mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Blessed Day, Mom. to have mom. her with me as well. Yeah. So we thought it'd just be fun this morning to kind of give a word that just would encourage you guys, but... I'm biased, but I think this woman is one of the most incredible women on the planet. And she has so much wisdom and insight, and I got to grow up with it, but I would love to just peel back the curtain a little bit, have a conversation, and talk this morning freely. You guys up for that? Okay. So I thought, you know, we'd just start to get to know you a little more, maybe some things people don't know about <laughs> Pastor Therese, like, what's your favorite song? Can't pick a Christian song. Uh, <laughs> He's doing this because he knows I'm not a fan of secular music. <laughs> I do, I do. Do you even have a song that you listen to that's not... Christian? Well, one of the favorites, I think, that we, we did this at the church a few years back, Home. Do you remember the song, Home? Yeah. We love that song. I remember this because my, my parents, you know, my mom, she didn't like when I listened to secular music as a kid. So, <laughs> we were a little you know. legalistic, a little legalistic <laughs> back then. So I'd be in my room doing my homework, and we had those boom boxes back in the 90s. <laughs> And I'd be listening to 96.3, I think, on there. And then when you would walk by, I'd change it to 103.5 FM, you know, <laughs> the light, just to make sure that she's like, my son, so proud. Yes. Always listening to Christian music. He snuck well. He was very sneaky. <laughs> What's your favorite Christian song? Well, that's easy. I mean, I have a lot. But the Lauren Daigle song, Thank God I Do, that's more like my new favorite. That's my new favorite. How about your favorite food? What's your favorite food, go-to food right now? <laughs> well, for several years now, I think I just love the lentil soup, but it's got to be from Lebanese Grill. Sorry, Mom, you have a great recipe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the Lebanese Grill lentil soup is my favorite. Mine's yours, Grandma. Just so you know. <laughs> What is something that no one knows about Pastor Tony behind the scenes? <laughs> Come on, give it to us. <laughs> I have to go home with him, so um, I'm just kidding. I don't have any dirt on him. But anyways, I don't know if everyone knows he's one of 12 children. Yeah. yeah. Big family. Big, Big family. family. His sister Donna's number two. He's number four, right? Uh-huh. How about uh, who does the cooking and cleaning around the house? Oh. Well, I do most of the cooking, although he can make a mean breakfast, a great breakfast. And I love when he's in the kitchen, but he's too busy to be in the kitchen. But when he is, he's great. Both of them are phenomenal cooks, both of them. Those omelets, specialty omelets every Saturday growing up, amazing. <laughs> so let's go a little deeper. What is, um, who's your favorite son? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. 
I'm not going to do that to you. My brother's probably, he's probably watching here. Hey, Tone, how you doing? Uh, what's the best decade of your life, do you think? Favorite decade? I was thinking about that because I'd have to say between, this is really dating us, but between 1976 and 84 because it was a great decade. I mean, I got saved. We, we became Christians, got married, had our children, and began full-time ministry in 1984. Wow. Yeah. So how old were you guys when you got married? Uh, the ripe old age of 20 and 21. Nice. A lot of wisdom in that marriage at the yeah. beginning, I bet. <laughs> I can say it because that's how old I was when I got married. Probably shouldn't be allowed to do that yet, but right. hey, it works out, right? What about when you became a mom? How old were you when you became a mom? Uh, I had your brother when I was 22, 22. Anthony James Rhea. Yep. We have uh, Christian middle names, right? Like disciple names yes. in the middle. I'm yeah. Andrew, he's James. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> just, just a little fun fact that you guys might want to know. When did you first know that you guys felt called to full-time ministry, like that's what you want to do? Because it's not, you didn't really grow up in like church ministry. I know Pastor Tony was a police officer in Detroit. Right. You know, when did you feel this, this call to like, do ministry. No, I, you know, I can't speak for him, but I think it started right away. I mean, right from the time we got saved, like there was this special uh, anointing, I, I guess, drawing to the Lord. And we had a few people mention to us, you know, there's something special. I think God's got great things in store for you. So I think initially it was right in the beginning, we started to feel this really strong calling. Weren't sure what that was though, because coming from our backgrounds, we didn't know anyone that was a pastor or in ministry. Um, so it was very unique for us. Yeah, I remember we moved from Detroit in 1984. Yes. We lived yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Sterling Heights in 1984. Yeah. So what was all that like, you know, leaving, you know, the city, police work, going into ministry? I think youth ministry, like what was that like yes. for you? Well, for me, it was great. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't know how, uh, you know, your dad felt about leaving being a police officer. I think he was excited about going into full-time ministry. He felt the calling, so did I. I loved moving out of the city of Detroit. No offense to you Detroiters, but I really was a suburb girl, so I was thrilled to move into Sterling Heights. That's great. So you're in Sterling Heights raising a young family. Mm -hmm. what, what is in ministry now? What were some verses? What's something that you clung to in that time? Well, I have a verse, and I think it's going to be on the screen, but it's 1 Timothy 1.12, one of my favorites. It says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And that's one of my favorite verses because Paul said, I thank my Lord Jesus Christ. And honestly, I am so thankful that God called me into the ministry and called our family because I've loved for almost 40 years now serving God and serving people. It's just who we are. And mm -hmm. I love that verse that he's the one that enabled us. He's the one that made and caused, caused us to be faithful. And I'm just, I just feel so overwhelmed with gratitude 
to the Lord. I love that verse in the Passion Translation, especially yes. it says, my heart spills over with thanks to God for the way he continually empowers me. And to our Lord Jesus, the anointed one who found me trustworthy and who authorized me to be his partner in ministry. And that's how, that's, that's how I always felt growing up. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like we were just doing ministry, but I felt like you ministered to me and my brother. Like you, you took that on as it's not someone else's job to minister to my family, but you were faithful and consistent. If there's two words that I could use to describe my mom today on Mother's Day, it'd be faithful and consistent. I didn't say perfect in every way. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're four hot-headed Italians living under one roof. We weren't always, we weren't always perfect, but we were, you were faithful and consistent. You and Pastor Tony, you know, we just had a routine. There was always consistency and always faithfulness and you guys praying and staying in the center of God's will despite uh, hardship or imperfections that came along. And I love that there's no perfect family. When you right. look throughout scripture, you don't see a perfect family. Yeah. Even the ones that were supposed to be set apart and God's chosen, like you don't see them a perfect family but they're faithful right? and they're consistent. Yeah. And it and wasn't I, always easy to do that. No, and I love that you, didn't, you said we were not perfect uh, because there are no perfect families because there's no perfect people. So, um, yeah, but we were faithful and I, God doesn't call the perfect. He calls those who are, are just willing to say yes. Yes, Lord. I like that. I remember growing up just always being at church. Like we were there all the time. Yeah. Uh, it was great and also frustrating at yeah. times, you know. Yeah. Wednesday evening, we had a pool in our house and so we I'd be sitting there swimming in the 80 degree summer weather and we'd have to get out and go to church. I'm sure I threw a few fits back in <laughs> back in the day, but we were always there. Like we yeah. you made church attendance, you know, that was a priority in our home. Yeah, and we were we, we were. We were at church every week. Every Sunday was a, a given, no matter what, unless you were sick, unless somebody was sick. But back then, we were required, because your dad was on staff, we had right. to be at church. And right. then it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yeah, it was a lot. But we did it. We, we did it. So let me ask you, there's a lot of young moms in our audience today watching yeah. online. How did you work like naps and feeding times and bedtimes? Because I remember being at church in the evening. I remember being at youth events in the evening, yes. late youth camps, you know, as a toddler. How did, how did you do all that? Well, Wednesday night was our big night, like with Pastor Tyler and Darlene. Wednesday night was youth service, youth meeting. And so those were late nights, and you guys were with us. Every week, you were with us. So um, after service, we would just spend a lot of time socializing with the teens. And we were there pretty late. And then, of course, you were rewarded. So <laughs> we would stop at McDonald's or Burger King. Custard. I think you liked, you liked Burger King, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, you liked Burger King. Thanks for throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so, Don't eat it anymore, really, that often. We would stop there every Wednesday night on the way home, and so we'd get to bed late. You'd get to bed late, and 
You were crabby the next morning, a little bit. You weren't too crabby, um, but when you have Thank kids you. up. I appreciate it. <laughs> crabby now when I stay up late. <laughs> Come full circle, I guess. When, when you um, keep kids up late, they're going to be a little crabby, but you know, it's like that's life. Sometimes kids miss their naps. Sometimes they're up a little bit late. It's okay. And I guess the way I felt about it was if we were doing God's work, which we were faithfully serving in youth ministry, he was going to take care of our family. And he did. Yeah. He always took care of us. And, and I don't know if you remember, but I, I, well, with our kids, we always said, we're not, it's just not dad and I in ministry. We are a ministry family. Yeah. And so you were part of everything we did in the youth ministry all those years. I mean, we had a house full of kids, teenagers, quite often. Do you remember those oh, days? I do. I do. <laughs> they were all over the place. And uh, it was good for you guys because you felt like you had all these big brothers and sisters. Yeah. And they loved you. And you loved them. So it was really, it was, it was fun and it was exciting. It was busy. Yeah, I remember that. I was always proud to be... My, my father was a youth pastor, and I'm proud to be around that. I do remember feeling different a lot. You know, I think when you grow up in church, and you go to public school especially, because right. that's where I went, uh, I remember feeling different, because there were a lot of things, like when I got in trouble, you guys would kind of pull me aside and sh show me God's word, and why, we sh why I should make different choices or do different things. But none of my friends and <laughs> parents were really doing that. But I remember just always feeling different. In fact, I remember the first year I went to public school, I was in third grade. Right. And we were in the back, I was in the back of the classroom, and my teacher, she started off the class with a song by the, the popular band at the time, boy band, New Kids on the Block. And um, I remember, I'm like, is this okay? Like, I don't know if I can listen to this. So I went in the bathroom, in the back of the classroom, and like covered my ears because I didn't know if this was okay for me to be hearing this song because I had not heard it up to that point. So I do remember always feeling just different, set apart, but you did a great job at showing us why it was important to be a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, as a Christian kid, even as a Christian adult, we're set apart. I mean, mm -hmm. we, uh, we can socialize, we can participate with the world, but we're always gonna feel a little different. That's normal, but yeah, sorry. Sorry <laughs> about scarring you no. with secular, not being able to listen to secular music all those years, but. Yeah. I've made up for it now, don't worry. <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> ben, back in 1992, you, um, you guys started Community Christian Church. And I think we have a picture of our family at that time. There we are. <laughs> Look at that. We got the 70s panel going in the back of the house. That was in back then, I think. But uh, yeah, that was us in the early years. So what was it like, you know, to leave the comfort of your home church? So you right. started in full-time ministry, and it was a big church, a lot of youth programs, big building, a lot of stuff happening. Right. And now you got two kids in middle school, and you start this church, no fancy um, church programs, youth programs, not a lot of Christian friends anymore. What was that like for you? It, we, it, that was probably the biggest step of faith we've ever taken. 
I mean, God was asking us to take a huge step of faith. So we were leaving, yeah, the comforts of everything that we knew and planting a church. And back then, you didn't have church planters. I mean, we, we had a handful of people that were going to help us get this church started. So we were leaving a comfortable salary, insurance, great youth programs for the kids, all your friendships, all our friendships, and starting fresh, starting. So it was a huge step of faith. So it was scary. It was very scary. Uh, we prayed a lot about it. We, we cried a lot about it. But, but it was also exciting because we knew God was in it. God was in this work that we were going to be able to partner with him. And we had to really trust him again, especially with our kids. You were 11 and 13. And that was a big step of faith for us. But it was, like I said, very exciting too. Yeah, I remember everything was in our home at that yeah. time. Yeah. Like everything was there. Bible studies were in the home. You guys did like counseling appointments in the living room. And I still think about this as an adult now. But as a kid, you guys are in the living room like pouring your heart out, ministering to people. And me and Tony were like in our bedroom. I remember one time in particular, we were playing a video game, the two of us, and we got very, we were very competitive with each other two years apart. And I don't know, I think I beat him and he didn't like that. So he punched me in the face or something. So we started fighting back and forth. These are the pastor's family. This is the pastor's family. This is the behind yeah. the scenes look at, at our family. <laughs> They're not judging me for this, okay. So we started fighting each other. And like, it got loud. I, mean, I can remember we're throwing each other around the room. And I think I even grabbed my BB gun and took aim at him for a second. And he like darted out of the room and shut the door. And I think I shot the BB gun off the door. And then all of a sudden, PT comes around the room. He's like, what is going on in here? And then you had to figure that out, discipline us yeah, and yes. get us separated. So, so let me give my, my uh, viewpoint of that one. So <laughs> we are, we did not have a really big house. It was just a ranch, a regular, I think it was 1,600 square foot ranch. And so we were in the family room on this side with this couple, like the woman was crying. It was a very intense moment. And they were in their bedrooms, which really wasn't that far away. And I think about it now and think, yeah, we had, to, we had to shuffle a lot of things around. But, um, and all of a sudden we hear all this noise, this, <laughs> this yelling and this gunshot. <laughs> and so. Probably shouldn't the, get your kid a BB gun at, at that age, maybe. Well, you were, pretty, you were pretty responsible up to that point. <laughs> but, um, and so the. The couple is like oblivious to everything going on because they were so you know, entrenched in their issue, right? So I was very thankful for that. So we were just, you know, your dad and I were just kind of glancing at each other. And so he got up to take care of it. And I'm just, you know, soothing the couple, <laughs> talking to them and like, what in the world is going on back there? And somehow we got through that and, and things were taken care of later, but yeah. Yeah, they That's were. just the way you roll when, you're, when your church is in your house. And I don't know if you remember that, Chris, but we had the church line. We had a, back then there were only landlines. There were no cell phones. Right. So we had the home line, the home landline, and the church line we had put, on, put in. 
And when that church line rang, I mean, everything, that the music got turned off, <laughs> the TV got turned off, everybody had to quiet, and whoever answered said, good morning or good afternoon, this is Community Christian Church. I remember answering that phone many times. Yes, yes. So it was, everything was in the house. Uh, we had, your dad's office was in the house, counseling was in the house, prayer meetings, Bible studies. I mean, our home was like, it was, there was a revolving door. So what I did, because you know, they say the woman is the heart of the home. So what I would do, I tried to keep peace in the home and, and a resemblance of, of this is our home and we, we, we also do church here, but this is our home. So I would you know, spend some time just kind of praying through the home. I would put worship music on in the home. And, you know, I would just always have snacks out. I just really prayed for an atmosphere of peace. And then we tried to be consistent. Tried to have breakfast every morning together and then dinner together. And so we tried to keep it separate, although it, it got mixed up. It, it got mixed up at, at times. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I've always felt bad for PT because we had a basement where we had, you know, video games and a pool table and a foosball table and his office was in the corner and we'd be down there and he's trying to study and prepare for a Sunday morning and we're blasting music and playing <laughs> pool, but it all worked out. That's it all worked where, out okay. That's where his background of having, you know, 11 siblings, <laughs> you know, helped. To, he, he learned to blot out noise. Yeah. But with us, I, you know, that was the thing, because you guys were in public school and you were in middle school, all those games that we had, some of those church members gave, I remember one church member gave us a, his pool table. Yeah. So we had his used pool table and uh, we had ping pong table, foosball table, ice, uh, air hockey, all of those things because our goal and I, you know, was to keep you at our house. I mean, we wanted your friends at our house. Right. We were the Christians. You had all, uh, f all your friends at that point. I don't think you had too many Christian friends. So we liked you guys in our home because we knew what was going on. And do you remember if they spent the night, if a friend spent the night on a Saturday? They had to come to church on Sunday. That was a requirement. Yep. That's how we evangelized, I think. <laughs> yes. I think all of your friends came to church at yeah. one point. Yeah, they were there on Sunday. <laughs> Sleeping through half of it sometimes, but they were there. Yeah. Um, there, there were probably times, though, you were scared that Tony and myself, like, wouldn't make the, the right choices. Right. You know, wouldn't grow up in the faith, maybe walk away from the faith. Yeah. Like, was that something you worried about or you were scared about growing up? I think every parent has that concern. And one of my favorite verses is 3 John 1, 4. I think we have it for the screen. I have no greater joy to, than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I think that's the heart of every mother, that her children will walk in the truth, that they'll know the Lord. And yeah, I had, we all had some fears, and there were times that I felt like we didn't even look like a Christian family, <laughs> let alone a ministry family. And yeah, there were some times I'm like, what is going on? We're supposed to be in the ministry here. We're supposed <laughs> to be examples and we can't even get it together. But yeah, um, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's such, a, that's such a great verse. And I just want to say, if you're here with your mom today because she invited you, that's the best Mother's Day gift you could give her. Something that I remember vividly is because I, 
Tony and I, we didn't always make wise choices. We didn't, you know, for a first, till I was about 16 or so, I think Christianity was more like a place I went to, a religion I went to more than I owned it and I was walking with the Lord. But something that I always remember is the culture in the home. Like you would do everything you could. You couldn't control our behavior. You couldn't control what we did. Right. But you did what you thought was best. You had some really creative ideas. Like, like you said, the worship music was always on. But you would, you would put scriptures on my mirror when I was getting ready in the morning. I remember you would, <laughs> Tony and I would get up for school. We'd have breakfast and sit down at the table and you would read us our daily bread devotion every single day, whether we wanted to hear it or not, but you would just read it out loud to us while we ate our breakfast. I remember having family prayer nights, which didn't really look forward to those, but we would all pray together. Um, I just remember these things. And, and there was one time you put a poem on my, on my mirror. And I remember this and I've shared this before, but it was it said, two natures beat within my chest, one cursed, another blessed, right, one right. I love, one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. And I just remember that, and it didn't, like I was 13, 14, 15, it didn't really sink in, but it also kind of did, you know, right. that I had choices to make, like I, I could live God's way or the world's way and to make those wise choices. So even though you couldn't control it, you right. know, you set up a culture. I remember many days you were up before I got up praying on the couch or sometimes when I came home at night, interceding on the couch, probably why I didn't get in too much trouble growing, <laughs> growing up, but you were always doing that. So that culture that you guys created, even though we weren't a perfect family, even though Tony and I made some dumb choices that pastor's kids shouldn't probably make, you were creating that culture all the time. Right, you can't control what your children do, but I like what you said, Chris, you can create that culture and then just love them and pray for them. Yeah. And you had verses that you would speak over us as yes. well. Yes, I mean, there's a lot to be said about spiritual warfare. If, you know, and that's one of my um, gifts is intercessory prayer, but even before I was really into heavy intercessory prayer, um, I just, I, I realized how much spiritual warfare there is when it comes to, first of all, any Christian. If you're a believer, Satan hates you. We should all know that, right? You have a target on your back. The en you're, you're, you know, Satan's enemy. And um, so I began to, to pray a lot of, of scripture over our family and over our church. I've always prayed for the church along with the family as well. But there were some specific prayers that I wanted to share a couple of scriptures with you today. Uh, Philippians 1, 6, Paul wrote, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this scripture because Paul's saying, you know, I'm confident. I'm confident that God who started a work will finish it. And I would pray that over you guys, you know, I'm confident that you started a work in Chris, you know, or, and I would name your names. You're able to carry it. You're going you're gonna to carry them through, you know, complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. Another scripture was 2 Timothy 1.12. Uh, For I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. And that's such a great scripture because 
that talks about the keeping power of God. And all through your family's life, you know, from the time they're born till the time, even, even after they're married and, and have kids of their own or whatever, you know, walk of life they're in, you still want to see God's keeping power over them. So that's a great scripture just saying God is able to keep that person, that child of mine, you know, until either you return or we go to heaven. And then one more was, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. And I mentioned that, you know, we are in uh, spiritual warfare, and Satan hates us, and so the weapons of his warfare, you know, are fiery darts, fiery darts that come at us every single day. And so I would pray these prayers, believing that no matter what came our way, as a, as a family or as a church, nothing would be able to prosper in Jesus' name. Well, I appreciate those prayers. Yeah, I, and I, there were a lot of arrows, <laughs> and they continue, but, you I know. Always, I always say the only way I got my wife, Megan Rhea, is because my mom prayed every single day for a godly woman for me. So I appreciate the prayer. Start praying now. <laughs> if you have even babies, start praying now for the spouse, right? For right. their future right. spouse. So speaking of, we were getting older, you know, we started dating and going away to college. How was that transition as we now went away, we were leaving, uh, and you, you guys were home? How, how did that all go on? Well, it was, it was good. I mean, <laughs> the trans... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Finally I, back to just the two of you after all that time. Actually, I... I, uh, my, you know, poor dad, he drove me and Judy Rollins, uh, Pastor Jason's wife, my mother, <laughs> home 12 hours from Minnesota when we dropped you guys off. And he drove home with two crying women in the car <laughs> all the way because we left our kids, you know, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. But we adjusted and it was really, it was good. It was a, like the next phase of life and we just dove into ministry and it, we loved it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. And I know people might um, not know all of this, but like we, you know, we try to be as open and vulnerable as we possibly can, but doing ministry is hard, especially when life happens. You know, I got married also at 21 and 20 years old, started in the ministry, everything was going well, but then we experienced some pain as a family also, like, we're, we're not exempt from that. No. I think sometimes people think that if you're a Christian or you're serving God or you're trying to do all the right things, God's just going to bless every area of your life and you won't go through anything hard. But that wasn't necessarily the case. You know, four or five years into our marriage, we started trying to have kids and could not do that. Right. And we walked through infertility and makes this day bittersweet, right? Yes. It makes it very sweet because I have an amazing mom that I get to celebrate, but it's also hard because loss of a dream. We had to kind of recalibrate our lives. And so just going through that as a family was different for us. That was one of the first hardships I think we faced and we thought, you know, we were just going to multiply legacy and have right. all this stuff going on in the next phase of our lives. And Walking through that was was very difficult for yeah. us, and and you know I don't think people realize how how painful infertility is because 
it is a loss. It's, it's you go through grief. You go, you go through grief, you go through mourning. It's like not just like the death of a child, but the death of a dream, the death of, of children. And so it, it was a very painful time for you and Megan and for us and for Dan and Sharon as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some days are still hard, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, because we know you guys would be great parents and yeah. it hasn't happened, but it's so great to see how you are okay, you know, with it. Not perfect, but you're doing okay with it. You're good with that. Yeah, well, I always say you have two choices in life, get bitter or better. You know, and you got to make the best out of life circumstances. God gave us his son. He gave us eternity. If he doesn't give us anything else, you know, we're, we're still very much taken care of. And our right. lives are not insignificant in any imagination. Plus, I really believe that when you're walking through something like that, God will speak to you on it. Uh, people want to ask me all the time, well, why didn't you do this or adopt or foster or do any things? And I really believe that... Um, the Lord spoke to Megan and I on this, and he said, I've called you to mother and father generation. And we yeah. really feel that, that we're doing exactly what he's Amen. called us to do, but it doesn't make it always easy. And then right. I remember right when we were walking through that, you know, all these doctors trying to figure all this out, you know, we lost a seven-week-old nephew, you know, Tony and Natalie. My brother, Tony and Natalie, had a baby. Seven weeks old, he passed away. That was hard. Yeah. That was hard. And, and, and the reason I bring this up today is just because I know some of you, this is not an easy day. Right. You know, you've lost mom or grandma or you maybe aren't in a great spot with your son or daughter in this place or with your mother. Maybe you've walked through infertility the same way we did. And I know it can be difficult, but we all experience pain. But God, if we are faithful and consistent, right? That's, that's the key, faithful and consistent. But what was that like for you? You know, we're doing ministry. Right. Like, we didn't stop. You know, we, no. we just kept moving forward, and we're trying to minister, and we're trying to say, God, you're faithful. But, in, you know, we're, we're yeah. frustrated. I mean, there was all a lot of yeah. feelings going on. I did a lot of um, reading during that time, and I did a lot of, I did grief share with Rosa. <laughs> and, you know, something that I really wanted the church family to see and understand that this hurts. I mean, you go through, you know, we think as Christians sometimes that we're not supposed to feel pain. Well, that's, that's not true. Uh, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. It, it, you feel the pain. We're human. It, it, these things hurt us. And um, I remember someone saying, well, it won't hurt you because you're a strong Christian. No, this hurts. I mean, so I think it was like in the middle of your infertility, And we were already grieving over that, praying for that, standing on God's word, confessing, you know, the whole shot, (laughs) you know, believing for a miracle. And hey, I still believe for miracles. I mean, that's part of my life verses is with God, all things are possible. I believe that. The first thing we do is pray for healing. And we've seen healing happen. We have, Megan and I have been on the mission field and put our hands on people and seeing God move right. miraculously. So we believe in it too. Right. So when you're in the middle of it and you're not getting that prayer answered, you just have to kind of rest and trust the Lord, which is not easy mm. at times, but it's, it builds your faith. So I wanted to make sure people understood, you know what, this really hurts and you can walk with me through this pain 
right now, but I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be struggling for a little while, you know, and um, I, I say this because with our, our grandson too, I mean, that was, I think when he passed away at almost eight weeks, which was a miracle because he was not supposed to even be able to survive outside of the womb. He was, he had a genetic disorder. And so we were blessed to be able to hold him and see him, you know, hold him for seven weeks, almost eight weeks. Um, but I think what happens when, when that happened, it kind of released the floodgates of, of grief mm-hmm. in me. I think in, a, in all of us as yeah. a family. And so it was hard. That was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was almost 10 years ago, but those were hard times. But I like to say this, because I had faith. We all had faith. We yeah. had faith to believe for miracles, and we still do. It's harder. It takes more faith not to get your miracle. Mm. You are a greater, it's a, you, you have a greater faith when you don't get a mir- your miracle and you still trust the Lord. That's good. That's good. And it's okay to grieve yes. and it's okay to be broken, yes. but God doesn't want to keep you that way. He's not going to keep you that way. You, you know, you draw from him, you move on, you, you hold on to, to his hand, and he gets you through to the other side. I've seen that happen with you guys. Oh, yeah. We watch your brother and his wife and little Audrey go through that. And, you know, we've walked through that several times as a family. Yeah, no, no one's exempt from it. But, like, I love what you said. It's okay to grieve. Yeah. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be down for a season. Right. You know, that's part of the grieving process. But then... You got to get up and create a new blueprint for your life. Mm. You know, you got this one life to live. Right. And God is still good. He's still faithful. And life can be good. It's going to be good again. You know, it's hard to see sometimes when you're in the middle of something. But it's going to be good again. And it can be good again. And good things are in store. And I remember people would literally ask me if my faith was completely shaken <laughs> when I was walking through some of these things. And they would say, how do you even still believe? And I'm like, of course I do. Yeah. Like there was, there was this, um, I remember the story in the Bible where Jesus, he's got these disciples around him, all these followers. And he gives a really hard teaching that people didn't understand. And everyone started to walk away from him. In this, in this scenario. And in John 6, 67 through 69, he, he looks at his 12 disciples and he says, you do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12, and Simon Peter said this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Right. That's always been mine. Like, where am I going to go? I've seen the hand of God move. I've experienced his presence. I've heard, I've I've heard his voice. I've listened to him. I've lived my life. Where am I going to go? Like, he has the words to eternal life. And even though life can get hard and messy sometimes, he's still the best place to be. Amen. He really is. Amen. 
And we have a beautiful family. Not, I'm, I mean, not me personally, <laughs> but like, let's see my, my little niece and nephew. Look at the little guy right there. Love them. So God is faithful. He restores things. I love that he makes beauty from ashes. And he he's does. always working to make our futures better. So I'm going to give you the last word here to land the plane. Before I do, I just want to say thank you to you on Mother's Day for being an incredible mother to me, for being so faithful and so consistent in my life. I love you so much, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Chris. Lot. I love you too, and thank you for accepting God's call on your life too. So I guess I'll land the plane by saying to trust in God's faithfulness for your life, for your family. He is faithful, he will always be faithful. And whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're widowed, whatever, whatever the case, trust in God's faithfulness over your family because he always comes through. His plan may not look like you were expecting it to look. Um, you may find yourself at a place where you said, I never expected this to happen. Mm. I never expected my life to look like that. Well, welcome, welcome to the club. It, 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 it's real, it happens, but we can trust God's faithfulness and there's a verse in the Bible that says, all things, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So whatever you're going through, he will work it for good for you because you're called according to his purpose. If you know Christ, he, like Pastor Chris said, he's got good things ahead of you. And even when you feel like you don't have faith, I think I mentioned earlier that sometimes I said, we don't even look like a Christian family, let alone a ministry family. Well, sometimes you feel like you don't have faith and that's okay because the Bible says, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Such a great verse. So I want to just encourage you just to trust God's faithfulness with your future, with your family. He's going to come through. He's good. You can trust in him because he won't ever, ever fail you. Amen. Amen told you you'd be blessed by the wisdom of this lady this morning. Will you pray? Close us out in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this amazing Mother's Day. And Lord, you know everyone in this room today, everyone that's watching online. And we are asking by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would minister as only you can. Just go into every heart, every life, every home, and bring just a peace, a joy, and a rest, and Lord, for those who need healing today, those who have gone through loss, those who are struggling, Lord, maybe they've just lost a parent, Lord, we are just asking for your touch today and for strength, peace, encouragement, and we ask blessing upon each and every one here today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us and we'll sing a closing song? Thank you.